0: Her podcast.
1: Podcast. Her is me, her is you, her is us, her is she, her is we, united we stand, baby, that her for keeps, I'm coming and I demand my space, I know it's free, I owe myself the world, they tried to count me out. footprints in the sand, yeah, we walk through Hand to hand, ain't have a plan Can't let it fall through See, life hurts She, me, we, her Hit all the curse So take my word forward Don't try to ignore it Deep, deep, explore it Catch that silver lining and shine and be here for it
0: See, life hurts And life hurts I'm like her and she like me we...
1: Hey Hey
0: Hi, LeJune, how are you?
1: I'm good, how are you? Thank you for having me
0: Yes. Thank you for being on my show tonight. I'm excited about this whole conversation and everything you have going on. This conversation is very, I mean, extremely important for people to know and be aware and just wake up from different situations. So I do appreciate you. No problem. (laughs) So um, tell me a little bit about yourself. I am
1: a board-certified health coach, uh, nutritional lifestyle coach, personal trainer, mindset strategist, um, as well as I work with girls in the area of sports and personal training as well. Um, I reside in Bowie, Maryland, Um, originally from Louisiana, born and raised, went to college in
0: Dallas, so um, that's me. (laughs) No. So um you wrote a book um releasing my trauma. What inspired you to even start writing this book?
1: So I went to Bali in 2019 um to a retreat with a friend. And basically at the retreat, I learned so much about myself. So It was about letting go. It was about healing. It was about forgiveness and awareness. And I came back and I was like, okay, in order for me to really forgive and let go, I started writing and I wrote everything because you never realize your past causes self-sabotage in your present, in your future is growing up you're stuck at a certain age. And I was stuck at six and a half and seven. So I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing. And I started in 2019, um, worked on it 2020. And I finished in 2021, um, had uh, my editor look over it. And that was the reason of Writing my book is just basically to let go and forgive and to say, you know what, I'm not looking back, I'm moving forward. And also finding my voice because we keep so many secrets from our past that we are like, oh, I'm not going to talk about. And I was like, yeah, no longer is anyone going to have control over my life. I am not going to let any predator feel like you got me. So that was the main purpose.
0: You know, I love that because I'm a firm believer of not letting anyone have that much power over me. And people don't realize a lot of the problems that we do have and that we endure, it's usually someone else's problems. And we just collectively take on other people's problems so much. We forget about who we are, who we stand for and everything else. So what was like your mindset strategies for you to even get through that period of you getting to know yourself and figuring out, okay, this is a problem.
1: So I had to look at nutrition. I had to look at my thought process. Um, I was working at a job that I hated. Um, I was, you know, I got COVID in 2020. And basically, that was my sign of well, June, you have, you got to quit. You can't go back because they were trying to make me go back and I quit. And my mindset around it, the coming back from Bali, it was like, I want to change because I was so angry for so many years. I was depressed. Um, I went from anorexia as a kid to pre-obesity. Um, in 2011, 2012, from a knee injury, all I was doing was sleeping and eating and watching TV and repeat. And it was just so much stuff from my past that kept coming up, you know, questions of, um, what would my life be if my dad was here? What would, you know, questions like that, um, and I I just didn't want that anymore. I was afraid of myself because I was so angry and self-sabotaging is behaviors that you do when you're so angry, you do messed up stuff. So it was the process of I wanted change and what that change looked like for me. So I started visualizing what my life would be if I started doing things differently and stopped being afraid. Because if you think about it, when you're a kid, you're fearless. So I had to go back and pick up some of that childhood behavior of being fearless and stop being afraid and stressed out. I was stressed out from my job. I was getting sick every other week from sinus infections and headaches. So it was like I needed you know to really change my mind And really visualize what I wanted
0: Yeah you know it It takes a lot of um, mind control Doing that And a lot of people don't know how to separate that And so how how did you separate uh, From being emotional And then dealing with your physical and your mental Because a lot of times people bring those together instead of separating them. So what was what was different things that you did to be able to identify certain things and separate it and work on that portion first?
1: So What I got from Bali, I started to incorporate. So things I would listen to, I would listen to positive things every day. I would say positive affirmation. I started journaling. The funny thing is before I went to Bali, I was not a journal. I did not journal at all. So I came back, I started writing stuff down and, you know, you start thinking about things in the Bible, you know, the Bible says, write write it down, make it plain on paper so it can come to light. And I started writing things down. I started listening to positive stuff. I started, you know, loving myself because I did not, I thought I loved myself. I thought I was committed to myself and I wasn't. So it started there then i did a food sensitivity test so i changed my diet because everything that was on those results i cut out completely and then i started to incorporate the physical because mindset and nutrition is the start of it fitness is only 20 percent of the goal so it starts here and it starts what you put in your mouth so it's kind of like what you say out your mouth (laughs) You yeah, gotta be, yeah, you you got to be careful. True. You got to be careful what you say. So, you know, I would stop saying negative things. I would, you know, because sometimes you get upset with yourself and you like, I'm stupid, I'm dumb. I stopped doing that. Um, so it was basically I started with mindset, I started with nutrition, and I started with physical.
0: Man, you know, it's so crazy because um a lot of people don't know how to separate those. It's like so freaking hard. And then what you were saying, like, even me, like on the personal side, mine's is like I have everything else in my life down packed as far as my mental, spiritual, and all that. But child, that eating part and actually going to the gym and work out. That's my struggle right now. I'm really just trying to, because I've always been athletic. I did basketball, track, volleyball, softball. I've done all of that, but it's like adulting. Actually, <laughs> it it just crumbles you with so many things and you'd be like, oh, I don't feel like it. Girl, I make any excuse to not go. And with that, you have to think about what's going on
1: because we use excuses of, okay, well, I got work, I got kids, I got my spouse, I got, you know, my mate, I got this and that. And I started looking at some of the things that were some of the reason why I was making excuses. So for instance, I used to leave work and I would have a bad day and that was my excuse to get my favorite meal. And then that became a reoccurring thing of I had a bad day. I got to, you know, treat myself. But what was really going on was I wasn't happy at the job I was at. So I had to start looking at things to make a difference and a change because that becomes a spiral of, okay, well, this is the excuse that I'm using. And also tell clients, look at the reason why you eat. Look at the reason why you drink. And what is that's the it. reason?
0: That's true. That, that's extremely true. Because, you know, it's like it's a portion of us. We just have to really love ourselves enough to actually transition into something that makes us better. For ourselves Now um, I love the fact That you have this um, Lessons learned I think that was like One of my favorite parts Because I have experienced Everything that you said Um, I wanted to read this So people could be able To understand um, What you were Insinuating on here And it's like some, Some of the most successful Peaceful And strongest people Mentally Emotionally and professionally Have actually endured the most Struggle and overcome By falling, failing And rising back up One learns Resilience and determination By being scorned And betrayed Can one learn to move on Begin again By feeling sad and depressed One can appreciate the value In choosing happiness I have I, when I first read that I was like damn <laughs> I'm like that's me <laughs> like, like seriously it's like some people don't understand after you endure so much in life all you crave for is peace all you want to be around is people that bring you peace people that have the same mindset as you and everything, and some people, have, because they're not there mentally with you, it's hard for you to even be around them. So you have this thing of be having zero tolerance. When was that point when you actually got to that point and you was just like, Mm-mm, "I ain't dealing with this shit." <laughs> Honestly, I have always
1: been like that, but I didn't incorporate it in the way that it's incorporated now. So, you know, you hear somebody talking and you like, okay, here we go again. You know, they're talking about their boyfriend. Oh, that nigga ain't da-da-da-da. And it's like, okay, well, you still with him. So what you gonna do? do. (laughs) So I stopped with, you know, giving advice of how, oh, girl, you should do this and this and this. And it hit me why are you wasting your breath? Because people are not, people are going to do what they want to do when they want to do it. And when they are ready to do it. So I had to understand that you can't fix people. No, you You can't. You can only do what you can do. You can give your ear if you want to give your ear. If it's a consistent venting, okay, limit that and say, you know what? I, I hear you, I love you, and I, I can't right now. I can't take that in because it's so much going on with you. Yeah. So you have to set boundaries for yourself and not feel bad about it. And that's what I had to do. I had to set boundaries for myself. I've been working in case management for years. And it's the aspect of mental health I worked in i worked in STDs and HIV and AIDS. So imagine getting, and most of my clients were females. So imagine getting, working with those individuals and they're coming to you all the time to fix stuff. And I thought I was a fixer. And it took one of my managers to say to me, you are doing more than what the client is doing. Stop. (laughs) So it really got to the point When I came back from Bali and I was, you know, I would give clients resources if they wanted therapy, hey, here it is for you. But I'm not going to be that person that's going an extra mile for you when you're not doing it for yourself. So it got to the point where I had to say, you know what, you have to take care of you and put you first and stop trying to fix and make everybody
0: happy because that's not your role. Hmm. You know that is true. Um, a lot of us struggle with that too. Um, trying to make everybody else happy instead of ourselves, and that's when we need to create boundaries. Um, a lot of people don't even know how to even start with boundaries because they're so used to doing so much for other people. What ways that um people can do to even practice and start getting themselves to that point of learning boundaries so they won't have to deal with people's issues like that.
1: The first step is setting boundaries for yourself. Oh. Because that's that's reality. <laughs> because we don't have boundaries for ourselves. We either don't go the extra mile for ourselves or we we got 101 excuses. So the first step is setting boundaries for yourself and being okay with if I don't cross off or check everything on my to-do list and being okay with that. So it starts with you, then you're able to do it because people start noticing, oh, okay, well, she said no and she means that no. Mm. But if you're not really showing that showing up for yourself then you start attracting stuff and then people will start treating you differently yeah so they do. that's that's where it starts with yourself
0: yeah but you know what's so crazy sometimes you could realize if people was really in your life to actually love you or in your life to use you when you create boundaries because people be pissed when you start telling them no, I ain't gonna do it and all that and then they be like, Oh, you acting funny and all oh, you on this trash. You know, they be saying stuff like that. So what what are some of the ways that people can like void that? I'm I will just say get out their life, but <laughs>
1: I would say
0: we all have to
1: understand that everybody is not gonna be at your level and everybody's not gonna progress where you've progressed. So you know people don't understand that because you were right there with them. You two were broke together. You two were struggling together. You two may have been in a bad relationship together and unhappy together and you find yourself and you like, "Okay, well, I'm not going to be that person anymore." And they don't understand because they're still trying to figure out their way. So they're like, "Oh, well, you're acting brand new." They're not there yet. And it's okay that they're not there yet. But You know, you have to move on to grow and be what you have to be, because the thing of it is everybody is not ready to grow. Everybody is not going to grow. And like you said, people are going to be in your life either for a season for a lifetime or temporarily. Um, Because that's that's how the world evolves, because, you know, you learn something and you learn whatever you can for that person. What did that person offer me? What will I not deal with when it comes to a new friend that this person, you know, was negative about? So those are the things that you have to start looking at and be okay with it, because that's the thing. We're not okay with it. We're trying to hold on to it. Oh, I've been friends with this person since childhood, girl um you you you've grown since childhood you are not that same no. 6 year old 12 year old
0: 18 year old anymore and it's okay yes i i actually i was telling somebody i was telling my sister the other day sometimes people take that years of being around that person they use it as like it's supposed to stay with them just because it's years invested that comes with friendships, marriage, boyfriends, you know, anything, even when people hoarder their homes, like it's like that attachment that they have with it. And people really need to realize that it's okay to let it go and move forward for you to make you feel better because it's it's that um it's a blockage, it, it causes a huge blockage in their life, and then they be wondering why everything is happening and turning into shambles why is this happening why is this happening? sometimes those people in your life will block the blessings that's for you and you will be surprised how a overflow will come once you completely remove those people from your life it's like you you holding yourself up
1: yeah and it's also fear it's the fear of what the next thing is going to look like because you know you've been riding with uh Keisha for so long and now you're you're over here evolving stuff is coming in your life and Keisha is like
0: well why why all this happened to you why they ain't why I ain't getting right. it right you know that um that's also like a big thing that people have they um what's the statement no new friends I think that's just the most stupidest thing. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's just dumb because like your old friends aren't aren't I mean they times up sometimes. (laughs) You you gotta you gotta move on from them because they're not going in the same path as you. So you have to have new friends where you have things in common. Nine times out of ten, sometimes those new friends treat you better than your friends did. (laughs) been your friends for years (laughs) yes and also you know people come in
1: your life to help you with things that you may not know um I met so many new people in 2020 and 2021 I haven't physically met them in person but one is my mentor she was on my podcast we text every day and she's a successful coach I go to her with questions because I'm still she's been doing it for years I've been coaching only for three years in Hellfield or whatever and I'm like okay and I listen because if I knew it all already I would be a billionaire so Mm -hmm. I sit back and I listen to her and I learn from her I've met so many like-minded people and it's okay that you meet new people and have new people in your life because people show you things that you don't know. And it is something that the universe is supposed to do is teach you new things (laughs) and you receive it.
0: Yes. Because you know, a lot of times the things that your friends have going on, it may not meet the standards of things that you're trying, the direction you're trying to go into in your life. So when you are stepping outside of your comfort zone and not doing the things that you're used to doing why not challenge yourself to work on different steps of fear like okay i'm in fear of this so let me work on this and see if i can get out of this like you can give yourself um fear task you know what i'm saying for you to figure out things that's that you're afraid of which is good for you fear usually bring blessings and most people don't even know that because they're not letting it go and also we have friends that are we
1: call cheerleaders that aren't upfront and honest about stuff that we do oh yeah. and I am appreciative of the friends that I have and the new ones I met where they'll say what are you doing What what did you do today? Get up, get out of that little state that you're in. Your pity party is over. Do what you need to do because I don't need. Yeah, I don't need a cheerleader. I need somebody that's going to push and encourage me so I can get my butt up and do what I need to do for myself
0: and my business, my career. Yes, like seriously, that's the accountability—the uh, accountability partner, and that partner doesn't have to be your boyfriend or husband or whatever. You know, it can right. just be anybody that's in your life. And having that honest friend be like, "Girl, what is you doing? You looking crazy?" Yeah, or, yeah. "Girl, your hair look a- looks <laughs> that." You know, just it's just about having somebody that's honest in your life instead of having a a whole Pity party of friends to go and talk about you instead of actually being that friend and actually tell you, right? You know, and then keep it between y'all two, like look, you doing this, this, and that, maybe should do that. And then you gotta understand how to take in constructive criticism as well because sometimes we get so emotional and we just be in our feelings and we don't yeah well i'm not
1: i'm not talking no i'm not talking to her anymore because she said this and she was aggressive and she was okay
0: no like girl i mean how you gonna improve when nobody might tell you that right
1: But your you know, boss can tell you something And you ain't got no problem doing it But when yeah. it comes
0: for yourself It's like I, I, oh I have an issue With that no yeah. And then you know sometimes it, it do Helps with people having a good Delivery of it You know it's on how you speak to people And how you treat them as well You can't come at them crazy And make them feel like they little You know right, real right. small You know you can't do that It's about conversation but at the same time, like you gotta be willing to take and hear things that you're doing wrong so you can become the better version of yourself. If you could take it from a life coach, what's the difference between taking it from somebody that's really that know you, know you <laughs> and, and then, it's free? Yeah, yeah. And then a life coach might tell you the same thing. They just got a different strategy. Right, right, all right, all right.
1: right <laughs>
0: You'd be like, hold up, dang! Somebody oh did tell me that, but they won't, they won't, they won't admit it, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, Maybe it's like, oh well, I need two or more to agree on what they said, so now I get it. So yeah,
0: yes. <laughs> so let's um, let's discuss about forgiveness. A lot of people struggle with forgiveness and how to move forward. And sometimes I think people get it misconstrued, like. You have to forgive somebody and say, I forgive you. And people don't understand, like you can forgive within your soul and forgive yourself and continue on with life that way, peacefully as well. It's just about having that bond and connection with God to be able to manifest things for yourself. But you got to have your inner self together for you to forgive your past so you can move on to your future.
1: So forgiveness, like you said, um, for myself, I had to start with forgiving myself because there was so much embarrassment of being sexually, you know, assaulted and molested as a child. It was, I would get so embarrassed where, you know, my friends would always ask me what was wrong. And I was like, nothing, nothing, because I felt like I should have been able to protect myself, which is crazy as an elementary kid um so I had to forgive myself and forgive myself for disappointment forgive myself for being angry forgive myself for not being at the level that I felt I should have been at right here right now and be okay with it so it starts with forgiving yourself and then you're able to start forgiving other people so of course You know, first thing we do, we're mad at God because God is the creator of all things. And I was upset. God took my dad at six and a half. That's how I felt. You know, God was allowing me to be molested. Um, All the things that was going wrong, I blamed God, God, God. So I had to forgive God. I had to forgive my dad for dying, even though it wasn't his fault. He drowned. But it was still that anger of, you're not here anymore. You can't protect me. I had to forgive my mom. I told my mom at the age of seven that my cousin was bothering me because I didn't know the words of molestation. She told me to tell my aunt, and my voice wasn't heard. So I had to forgive her. I had to forgive my molester. I had to forgive um, the guy that sexually assaulted me in 2007. So anything or anybody that did something to me, I had to forgive and let go. So it wasn't that I called them and said, hey, I forgive you. It was truly, I forgive them. I wish them the best. I hope they get the help that they need, the ones that's alive and move forward. And I had to realize that you gotta trust God because God has moved you in a direction of what you need to do. So the direction is to help other people who are embarrassed, who are ashamed of being sexually assaulted, who are, you know, their voice hasn't been heard, um, to get an understanding and start loving themselves. So I had to start looking at those things of forgiveness. It was a cousin of mine I went to college with, And I was so mad at her where I hadn't talked to her for years. She would send me requests on social media. I was like, I'm not accepting her request. And it got to a point where I could feel that things weren't moving in my life because I had such a grudge. I sent her a message on social media and I said, hey, I want to apologize to you because I've been holding a grudge against you since college. She was like, I didn't know that. Of course you didn't know, because that was my stuff. That had nothing to do with you. So I want you to know that I'm sorry. And she was like, all right, cool. So those are the things that we're holding grudges and we're upset and we're mad at people and these people don't even know, either they don't care, they moved on with their lives. It's our stuff, so I had to learn, let it go. It's okay. Does that mean that you gotta be besties with them? No. That means that you are freeing yourself so you're able to receive blessings in your life. And it's also so peaceful, so stress-free when you let go. You know, it's not that tightness or whatever. It's not that anger anymore. It's it's freedom.
0: Yeah. And you know, that, that freedom feels really good. <laughs> it it re- does. It, it really do. Because... It's, it's like a different feeling that you would experience um, because of you being molested at so young. So just imagine as you lost your dad at six and a half, right? Yes. So you losing your dad, you have, you have middle school, high school, you have all these experiences that you wanted to experience with your dad and you're not able to and it just creates and accumulates anger. Then you have someone molesting you and how old were you then? So it's
1: I think it started in infancy because he would always talk about how he changed my diapers and it went on until what? yeah, he would always say, "Oh, I used to change your diapers." And it went on until 10 or 11. Um so, you know, dealing with that, you know, I I would not speak openly about certain things when it came to what was going on in my life to my mom, because I'm like, hey, you're you're not going to listen anyway, so why would I even waste my time? And that spilled over to relationships, because if I say something to you and I'm not being heard, mm, I'm not going to say it anymore, because now you've taken me back to that seven-year-old girl where her mom didn't listen to her.
0: Right. When you try to tell her, but then when you're telling her at seven, it still went on until you were 10. Yeah.
1: And she kept sending me off with him. I remember one time we were coming home and he kept trying to make me get on his back. And I was like, I don't want to get on your back. And he was like, get on my back, get on my back. And I'm on his back and he's literally putting his fingers my vagina in my butt and i'm like trying to slide down and he kept pulling me up and you know i i realized i was doing a podcast with somebody last week and they asked me what my money where did my money issues come from my relationship with money and it hit me oh it came from him because he used to give me money
0: so that's like the shut up mechanism exactly and let me give you these little things shut up let Mm -hmm. me do what i do Mm -hmm. that's just crazy yeah so so from it ending at 10 years old what transpired in your life like what happened for it to actually end at 10 years old so he went to the military Thank God. And he
1: actually, and he moved. So every time he would come home, it was that fear that built up. So he actually married a girl that was younger. Um, she was the same age as my older sister, who's five years older. And I think him and my sister are like maybe four years age difference or whatever. He's four years older than her. And it was... I would get on the bus and get off the bus, trying to get off the bus, and boys would grab my butt, and I would throw my book bag down, and I'm fighting these boys because it a part of me trying to fight him. Right. And the bus driver was my next-door neighbor, so he would come and tell my mom, like, yeah, she's getting in the fights, and she's like, well, why are you fighting these boys? Because they're touching me, and I'm not taking it. So I'm going to show them I'm not that girl. Um, so it went on, he moved to Texas and he had his first daughter was doing the same thing to her and my, yeah, yeah, my sister, my, my oldest niece and his daughter were, are the same age and she was staying with my sister and my sister walked in the room to check on him and she was standing over my niece naked trying to do stuff with her so immediately my sister grabbed her put her on the couch and told her mom and we never saw that little girl after that
0: really wow he's so he's not with the mom or nothing no more no they
1: they were divorced when he brought her down okay um but yeah we never saw her again um he was trying to talk to my best friend when I was in high school and I was like leave her alone." So I would see him out At gas stations when I would come home From college and he would give me Money and it was just like oh okay You, you
0: owe me this So yeah Right you know that's oh, Girl that's so dang Disturbing you know To just do that to your own baby girl You know but it's just the Fact of no one Listening to you I find that part so important because I've heard so many stories of women or men or just family members not listening to what their child is telling them when someone is doing things like that to them and then they get mad at you and everything but that goes to show also it makes you question your parent Right? have that happened to you before and no one did nothing when you did it but then it then you wonder, like, why didn't you protect me? Because you weren't protected when it was happening to you. So you know the feeling that I have. So how did you even start with forgiving your mom for that? Because that's a lot.
1: So what you just said was one of the things, because I don't know what her upbringing and her experience was when it came to if somebody touched her if somebody touched her sister or something like that um you know i'm like i said i'm from the south so of course boys are the favorite yeah. with southern people yeah. and this particular nephew of hers is her favorite nephew so he could oh. do no wrong what no he would never do that i would believe your dad did something like that before i believe he would do it so um One of the things was she did the best she could with the experience she had. She was a widowed mother of two girls. She worked at Dairy Queen as a cook. She made sure we had everything we needed. And I appreciate her for what she did for raising me. And I looked at some of the things that she did. And I was like, okay, you have to trust your process of how you raised me because when I got ready to go to college, she wasn't very happy about me going to college in Dallas. She wanted me to stay in Louisiana. Um, right. you know, she said some negative things to me and I was, I, I wrote her a letter. I was like, Hey, you, you have to trust how you
0: raised me. Right. Right. So if you don't trust how you raised me, that's your issue. That's not mine. Right. It probably is probably some form of emptiness was there with her, too. You think? Well,
1: no, because my sister lives there. My sister has her. She had her two kids at the time. So it Mm -hmm. wasn't like it was she was in the house by herself because my sister comes over quite often. But um, it just our relationship has gotten better. Growing up, I was a daddy's girl and I had to learn to adapt to her because okay. I we never we never had that connection because she said when I came when she had me I didn't cry when the nurse had me but when the nurse passed me to her I started crying so it wasn't that uh-huh. connection and I think you know I know I saw her as the lady that took care of
0: me I didn't really see her as mom for a long time wow so, how, how are um, you guys' relationship now? So, we are in a good, positive
1: place, um, and I think that works for us. Um, it used to be I would get upset years ago when she would call me, and I'm like, oh, God, it's her so now you know i i i get excited to talk to her now you know i'm like oh okay i haven't talked to you so um i would definitely say we're in a better place
0: that's good that's refreshing it it shows your growth too um so when you said in um 2017 you were sexually assaulted uh, that's 2007, 2007 seven, um you were sexually assaulted so from you repeating basically it's like a repeat from you getting molested at a young age and then you getting sexually assaulted how how did you handle it from like compare from you being a child to being an adult
1: um when it happened I was in a car accident and he let me use his car and I picked him up from work and I was at his apartment because he got off work like in the morning time, like one, two o'clock in the morning. And I was on muscle relaxers and pain pills. So I was like, I'm just going to stay over and then you can just drop me off at home tomorrow. So I'm conscious, but I'm like sleep. I'm hearing the TV. I'm hearing, you know, all this stuff. And I feel him pulling my pants down and I can't move. Wow. Um, he's you know trying to put his penis inside of me had a condom on I'm allergic to latex and he's trying to put it in he couldn't get it in because the positioning of my legs so he get up he gets on the floor and I wake up the next morning and I'm like I hope I hope this is just a bad dream it's just a bad dream And it wasn't a bad dream. My vagina was swollen from the latex. One of the things that they tell you not to do after being sexually assaulted is not to shower. But it was just that feeling of, I have to get it off of me. So I called the taxi. I went home. I called the cops. And I was like, yeah, you will not take my voice. I will have you arrested. So the police came. They contacted him he called and left a voicemail on my um, phone. And he said, you're really going to ruin my life. Like, you're gonna do this to me. I never responded back, went and did the whole interview. And the guy that did my interview, the detective was his cousin. They had the same last name, so it didn't go anywhere. So I'm taking pain medicine and muscle relaxers to try to help me sleep. But I'm having nightmares because it's taking me back to my molestation. And I can't wake up. Um, A therapist called me and I was like, I don't need help. I'm fine. I'm fine. I was at a friend's house and she's like, you need help. I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll be okay. And one day something happened that triggered me. I punched a hole in the wall. And at that moment, I said, Lejeune, you need help because you are spiraling out of control. Um, I called the sexual assault counseling line. And the first therapist I got, she was new. So I went in, she's telling me, Oh, if you say you want to kill somebody or kill yourself, I got a report. And I was like, Yeah, you ain't the therapist for me because, of course, you will say it and you may not mean Mm -hmm. that you're. Kill somebody. You're expressing yourself. Right. So I ended up getting a therapist that initially called me and I learned so much about myself because I remember as a kid, it was that sensation of I always had to touch myself or I'm rubbing against something because your body is used to that sensation. You got to have that feeling. Um, just She was the one that told me to write a letter to everyone Either I can mail it or I could, you know, just have it for my own self for forgiveness. So that's what I kind of took into my book of writing that letter, that book of forgiveness. So I did write a letter. I mailed it to my mom. Um, and it really wasn't about getting her to give me a response of, oh, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me or whatever it was. I just want you to know, by the way. Um So it was, you know, I was able to kind of deal with it and let it go. But when it came to, I don't, I don't have many male doctors. I've gotten better when it comes to male doctors and stuff, but it's a male. No, you will not be my doctor. Oh, physical therapy. No, I, I want the female. You're not touching me. So I had to get to a place of being okay. I was in a car accident last year and I went to physical therapy and I was like, okay, God, this must be a test because I got all males. I had three male physical therapists wow. and they would touch my shoulder and they were like, can you relax? Can you loosen up? I am relaxed. No, you're not. Cause I can't lift your arm up. I'm like, you're right because you're touching me and it's that discomfort of you touching me. Um so after a while I got comfortable with them and I think about two or three times I got the female physical therapist. And I'm like, but she don't know anything about my body. <laughs> <laughs> so um it it had it has played a role in my life when it comes to doctors, when it comes to males in a professional aspect of I'm, I'm not comfortable, but that comfort level has gotten better because I had to look at the fact of my dad, my nephew, I have a nephew, of, you know, I don't want people thinking when it comes to my nephew that, oh, he's going to hurt you or
0: he's going to do this or he's going to do that because he's not. Right. So with with you going through all of that do you how do you do as far as dating so dating
1: um (laughs) I will put you in a friend zone I'm getting better with that but (laughs) you are in the friend zone okay and if I am uncomfortable I probably won't call you anymore so I um most people have been in a friend zone. It was this guy I dated in high school. We were each other's first love of my life. Thought I was gonna marry him, but I broke up with him because it was like I don't, I don't know if you're gonna leave me. You know, not leaving as in break up, but your first love of your life is your parents. So my dad died. He was the love of my life at as a small child. So I broke up with him, made him cry, oh. and it was, we could still be friends, though. <laughs> but it was like we were still in a relationship because every weekend we're hanging out, things like that, and that, that felt safe to me because I could control friends. Right. I can't control a relationship. Um, I was in a relationship. My relationship, last relationship ended 2019. And that was the longest relationship in a long time I'd ever been in. We were together for four and a half years. And it was like somebody ripped my heart out. Um, But I said to my ex, if you're not happy, we can be friends. So it was that friend zone was still comfortable. So let me put that out there because if you're not happy in this, we can still be friends. Mm-hmm. Um. So, benefit. well, the, the benefits ended, so there's no benefits. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there, <laughs> there's no benefits. <laughs> the benefits, no. We're, we are generally friends. Um, okay. We are really good friends. Mm. But right now, I'm not dating anybody. I'm dating myself because I learned so much about myself the last two years. I learned that I had commitment issues. I learned that people were being put in the friend zone. Um, So I have to work on those things in order for me to be able to date and be in a true relationship that is a healthy relationship because when I was in the last relationship, I was trying to you know, oh, I, I got to make you happy. I got to make you feel good. I, I had to make myself happy. I, I started losing myself, and I don't ever want to do that again in any
0: relationship. Wow. <laughs> got me kind of speechless. No, because like it's like a lot of things people don't realize that traumatize them from their childhood, from a Being a dog and currently, and it's like, it's, I feel like it's a blessing at the same time that you recognize things that you are doing. And that is huge. Like, it really is. It's just you have to act on it and be willing. So I can understand of you saying a part of taking time off for yourself and doing things for you. I did that for three years. I took time out to myself. I didn't date. I wasn't sexually active. I mean, I wasn't doing nothing. It was a struggle. <laughs> I'm on year two and I'm like,
1: this is kind of nice. You know, yeah, you didn't yeah. know yourself and you, you know, like, oh, okay. Well, I really didn't like that. So it, it is. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because I used to get out of relationships And get in relationships It'll be like two or three months And I'm on to the next And I'm like, I don't want to do
0: that anymore But you know, after that long break It's like you're um, I don't know Especially when you're manifesting it It's like when you around When you done got yourself all the way together It's like you Attract a reflection of you Yes, yeah and then it's like once you get in that relationship, you're like, oh, this ain't bad. I'm dating mm-hmm. myself. So I could I can handle this. You know, it's it's a really good feeling. And I and I experienced that with my husband. Like, like you said, how you had that fear of death from your dad passing and everything. Um, I had that fear as far as my dad, I mean being his only child and me being in his life, and you know, things like that. Our relationship wasn't the greatest When I was younger But it's good now But then I experienced The passing of my husband mm. And he was like my soulmate We did mm. everything together So it was like that fear That come along Like oh my god like How I'm going to do this But it's like it still I took a lot of time out for myself with that And you know it just It just take a lot out of you and i don't think people norm like really notice how much it takes so much from you mm-hmm. but it's like you gotta love care yourself so much to be willing to want more for yourself it i mean it takes a lot of discipline for it but once you get it you got it
1: oh yeah definitely because you know i i don't i didn't have discipline and i would get in relationships and for me it was sex because of being molested as a child so it was like okay well relationships must be about sex mm-hmm. so i had a couple of exes say okay is this all you want to do is just have sex i was like oh <laughs> Is that not what, yeah, so I started to grow and I started to learn that communication is important. Quality time is important. Going out is important. You know, having that romantic time, that affection, that's not just about sex. Um, It was definitely a lesson learned where you, now we're looking at the big um, things of what is your love language? That matters. Because yeah. if you get with somebody and theirs is acts of service and gifts or whatever and yours is quality time and yours is, you know, physical touch or something like that, and that's not something that they do, then it's it's kind of like bumping heads of you're trying to make something work and you're trying to force somebody into doing
0: something that they don't like to do. Mm-hmm. That is so true. So... um as far as your book and everything how can people purchase it
1: so the book is on amazon barnes and noble you can get it on kindle you can get it on google play you can get it on apple um you can also go google (laughs) and see what other places you can get it from because it is some other locations that it's on but some people like the amazon method of being able to get it quickly
0: that's amazing so um do you have anything else coming up so
1: right now um just you know working with health coach clients uh working with girls in areas of softball and track and field um working on myself and getting myself back healthy because I was in three car accidents in the last two and a half years so I'm feeling good so I'm you know just trying to get my body back so those are the
0: things (laughs) and doing some book signings so that's about it that's dope (laughs) so um if anybody wanted to get in contact with you how can they get in contact with you So you
1: can find me at lejeunesingleton.com. You can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn, LeJune Singleton. Instagram, I am LeJune Singleton.
0: Okay. Well, um, to end this, what is some encouraging words that you give someone that has been molested and sexual assaulted in the past?
1: I would say to get help. Um, Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't look at that. It was 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, whatever time frame it was in. It happened to you is affecting your life in some way uh, with relationships, personal, physical, emotionally, get help, get a therapist, get a coach, get a support group. Get help, don't just hold it in because trust me, it is not worth it. It affects your health and it affected my health for many years where I was sick. Um, so
0: get help. Yes. Well, thank you so much, LeJune. I appreciate you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, I want
1: answer somebody' question, they ask, I'm sorry, what a mindset strategist was. So a mindset strategist is someone that works with individuals with understanding the mind, their mind, and making decisions in regards to positive thinking and things like that. So that's what a mindset strategist does.
0: Right. <laughs> Thank you.
1: You're welcome. <laughs>